Hi, everyone, and welcome to audio note number 11. My name is Andrew Robinson, and as you know, we just finished the 631, and we are moving into uh, essentially two new leadership tools that will prepare us for what's going to follow. But with that 631, what you now have is a greater sense of what it's going to take for you to strengthen your self-ship as we go through this process. And in particular, there's that one truth, that discomfort. And I began with this framework because I wanted to help you identify your tendencies as they relate to those laws, those myths, the one truth. So think of them as paths that you wear through your choices and your behavior, just like if you were to look at like a college campus, you'll see paths in the grass where they haven't put down sidewalks because students will cut through. That's what we do with the 631. We have these different tendencies that we have in place because we've made certain choices and we have certain behaviors, habits in place that have carved those. You know, I, I think so much of what we're doing here is is around that idea that the, the unexamined life is not worth living and the unlived life is not worth examining. So over the next couple audio notes, I'm going to go through a couple tools like I alluded to earlier. And the reason I'm introducing these tools to you now is because they have everything to do with self-regulation. After we've gone through these tools, we're going to go into your nature and your narrative. I'll explain more what goes into those as we as we go along. But these portions of the self-ship content that we'll go into will likely challenge your capacity for self-regulation. That's why I want these tools to be in your hand. So think of like one of them is going to go in your left hand, one of these tools is going to go in your right hand, and they actually work really well together like a fork and a knife. The first tool I'll go through in just a second, and then we will go through the second tool next, and that will prepare you to get into some of the some of the meatier content of the self-ship process, but I want to prepare you so I'm not just throwing you in to the deep end. Between now and then, my goal is just become familiar with these tools, all right? So when I think about self-ship, I'm not sure if there's a more important quality to self-ship than self-regulation. It's one of those virtues that that it actually includes a number of other virtues. So for example, the person with self-regulation also, by implication, has a high level of self-awareness. But they don't just know themselves, they're not just aware of themselves, they're actually able to translate that awareness into actions that are appropriate to their leadership, appropriate to their personal life, appropriate to their professional life. So it's this coupling of self-awareness and action, as opposed to just self-awareness on its own for its own sake. Those who lack self-regulation, therefore, also lack self-ship. So such a person tends to fall victim to their this inability to translate their self-awareness into action or or even lacking the self-awareness to begin with. And that often shows up with a high level of reactivity. The reactive leader struggles to build trust with others. You know that. You've observed that. Perhaps you've struggled with that. Instead, what they do is they tend to build a reputation for their unpredictability, their unreliability, their undependability. And, you know, like I said, you can probably think of people like that, that you've been around. I certainly can. And I certainly know that I have been that person in certain situations. 
So that's the, the plague of reactivity. But before we go any further, I mean, everything I just said implies a negative relationship to reactions, right? And to reactivity. But I want to challenge that perspective. I don't want you to ever waste a good reaction. Because reactions can yield insights about ourselves that we will not get in any other circumstance. Because we react without even thinking about it. It's interesting. Uh, I recently heard that neuroscientists, some neuroscientists, consider the eye actually part of the brain that's visible to the outside world. Isn't that crazy? Um, that our eye is actually part of the brain extended to the outside world. <laughs> it's a little, little weird to think about. Changes the way I, I, you know, look in the mirror. Think about reactions in a similar way. Uh, in that reactions are a part of our subconscious that's visible to the outside world. So when we react to something. It's actually part of our subconscious that's coming out. We don't plan our reactions. We don't script our reactions. We don't put them in our calendar. They just show up, oftentimes without any warning. Now, like I said, we're going to get into the sources of those reactions, our nature and our narrative. But right now, what we're focusing on is, is our reactivity. And I want to begin by encouraging you to actually appreciate your reactivity. The problem is that we often don't even notice reactions or we actually try to eliminate reactions we try to think as if like we're more a better leader or better person because we don't react or because we're above reactions so my hope coming out of this is one for you to notice your reactions and two that you would appreciate your reactions and actually get value out of your reactions I mean, reactions aren't just gateways to helping you better understand yourself. Like, they are actually part of being human. Like, think about it for you. Like, you like it when you show up someplace and people are, like, excited to see you. They react to your presence. You appreciate it when people respond to you with grief or empathy when you're having a hard time. They react to you. They, they react in a way that matches who you are and what you're bringing to them. That's part of being human. Like these kinds of normal reactions connect us with other people. They connect us with situations. They add a richness to life. It's like in short, like they are part of who we are. They, they give a pulse to who we are. But the problems arise when our reactions are out of sync with the situation. We often notice this only in retrospect, like if we've had an overreaction and then we have this opportunity to go back, apologize if we've hurt somebody or even frightened someone in the process through our reaction. The degree of the reaction in these situations isn't necessarily the problem though. Pay attention to that, that's super important. Certain conditions require extreme actions. The problem arises when we have an extreme reaction to a condition that is actually not extreme. Do you see the difference? So what I'm going to introduce you to now is this tool that you can put into practice, which is, I call it the reactivity scale. And what I want you to do just for now in this audio note is just focus on your reactions and use this tool, particularly when it comes to strong reactions. Now, when it comes to strong reactions, keep in mind, they can go one of two directions. Most of us think about overreactions or strong reactions that are conspicuous. The outside world can see that. However, underreactions are no less powerful. In fact, 
they can impact the people around us as much or more than overreactions. They can be at least as destructive, if not more destructive. So I want you to use the reactivity scale that I'm about to go through and log your reactions for this coming week. Here's how it works. So a zero is essentially a state of inertia. It's, it's neither overreacting or underreacting. And it's just, you're kind of sitting there at, at baseline. So think about like when you wake up, uh, you know, presuming and you wake up in a peaceful home in a peaceful time, um, you're, you know, you're not really responding to in, any stimuli. But as your day goes on, of course, things start to happen and experiences throughout the day might elevate your score to say a plus five or maybe even like imagine you're under a deadline or something you're a seven or an eight on a scale of zero to ten uh, and so that would be an overreaction but you can also have experiences where you dip below zero in a healthy way so like you know you come home at night and you're hanging out and you you know you're watching a game or you're watching a show or something and you are underreacting. You're maybe dropping into, say, a minus two, a minus three, things like that. So, you know, these, these examples are in keeping with the situation. What I want you to look for are examples where your responses don't sync with your experiences. Because in these cases, you're actually going to have two scores. You're going to have one for what the situation requires. And you're going to have one for how you actually responded. So I was recently wrapping up a presentation with a company. I'd been working with them for a number of years, and there was some grief for me and for all of us, um, but it was just the right time, and I had helped them install uh, a really healthy, robust uh, people development process throughout their company, and it was just a good thing. I don't want my clients to depend on me forever. I want them to learn how to to do this on their own, right? So that's where we were at in our own work together and I was giving my final all-company presentation and I noticed going into the presentation that I was having a reaction I was feeling irritated and kind of agitated which is odd why would I feel irritated and agitated when in fact I'm going into a presentation with a client that, that's actually a difficult time um, and all I noticed you know as people are coming in all, all I noticed was this reaction and what I knew is if I stay here if I don't process this reaction they are going to get less of me. That's what's at stake for you. If you go into these situations and you don't acknowledge that reaction, what you're doing is you're actually going into those relationships, those interactions in a reactive state. Don't think for a second people can't pick up on it. They can, and you can too, when you're around people that are in that state. And what I knew is that if I go into this presentation, people are gonna know. They won't be able to articulate it, but they're going to know, and they will also know if I bring all of myself. So I took a moment, and I used this reactivity scale. I was like, okay, okay, Andrew, this ought to be like, you know, probably a two or a three, or maybe even slightly a minus score, because there should be some sadness involved. But I'm like feeling like a five, no, more like probably a six or seven in terms of my own irritation or agitation, my activation. And just by acknowledging the disparity between the, what the situation really required of me and, and how I was actually reacting, I could just feel my body settle in, relax. I didn't process the whole thing there. I did it afterwards, and, and I used a tool that, that we will get to eventually to unpack the disparity here. But for the moment, 
All I paid attention to was the difference in those scores. And that's all I want you to do moving forward is to pay attention to those two scores. And you're going to have plenty of opportunities. Now, the incentive here is as you do that, you will notice yourself moving toward that score that is more appropriate to the situation, which is what happened to me. Not surprisingly, and I've had this happen a number of times, when I do this kind of work, I know people can pick up on it. And sure enough, at the conclusion of this presentation, I had someone come up and she was just like, Andrew, this was this was incredible. Like you hit it out of the park. And I don't take that as, I don't say that to you. I don't share that with you as a source of like, I'm so great. I just take that as a measure of presence. She was picking up on the fact that I showed up as myself, but I'm willing to bet that if I hadn't done the work, if I hadn't shown up fully as myself, if I'd shown up in that reactive state, then she she would not have come up afterward and said that. It would have just been a run of the mill, you know, thanks, you know, so sorry that we're not working together anymore kind of thing. Uh, so that wasn't that did not go un, unnoticed by me. And that's what I want for you. That's what I want for all of us. As we pursue self-ship, to be able to actually notice when we're in that reactive state, use the reactivity skill to be able to work toward re- reacting in a way that's in keeping with the situation, not that's out of sync. So here's how it works, just as a review. If you want to write this down, you can. But what you're doing is you're, one, you're observing your emotional and, and I would add to that your physical state. Pay attention to how you're responding emotionally and physically. Number two, score your reactivity on that scale of minus 10 to plus 10. Because there may be situations where you're like, whoa, I'm actually withdrawing like a minus 7. So pay attention to that. Are you, are you minus 10? Where are you at minus 10 to plus 10? And then... Try to estimate, like, what does the situation actually require? If there are other people in the situation, what I will do is I'll go, what are they thinking? What might they score this situation? And I'll use that as, as a sense of objectivity because what I know about myself in those moments is I'm not objective. I'm actually quite subjective. Use, use that to help then determine, this is the fourth piece, Determine where's the disparity. Is there a delta between what the situation requires and your reaction? Okay, take that, put it into practice. I just want you to get comfortable with it this week. Um, Find opportunities in your professional life, you're in meetings, you're in conversations to pay attention to your reactivity and then notice, okay, my, my reaction is now actually outstepping the reaction that I ought to have in this particular situation and then pay attention to what happens when you acknowledge that, okay? Like I said, we're going to add uh, another tool to this next time in the next audio note. And, and so if, if, you know, if you picture we're putting this tool in your right hand, the reactivity scale, the, the framework that I'm going to go into in the next audio note is, is the tool, the framework for your left hand. And those two are going to work together as we get into nature and narrative. As always, wherever you are right now, I am so glad that you're here. Take care, everyone.